Hey guys, my name is Ian, and welcome back to the AZ Sports Podcast. A huge trade just went down in the NBA, and we're going to be talking about how this trade impacts all four teams that were involved in this mega blockbuster. Now, before this episode starts, I just want to say that I will be uploading this Saturday. I figured that a trade of this caliber should get its own episode because this is this is a big trade. This is big news that shakes up the entire NBA landscape. But yeah, we'll be going back to my regular uploading schedule on every Saturday. But I just wanted to get this episode out. So without further ado, let's just get into this episode. I'm pretty sure every one of you guys know Every one of you guys that are listening know just what just went down in the NBA. But just to recap, James Harden, the former Houston Rockets superstar, finally got traded. And he got traded to the team that he wanted to be traded to most. He ended up getting traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a huge four-team deal that also involved the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers. So just to recap the trade details, the Brooklyn Nets receive James Harden, the Houston Rockets receive Victor Oladipo, Rodion's Karuks, Dante Exum, four unprotected first-round picks, and four first-round pick swaps. The Indiana Pacers receive... Karis LeVert, and a future second-round pick. And the Cleveland Cavaliers receive Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. Now, when James Harden first requested his trade back in November, I believe, November or October, he requested a trade, and his preferred team was the Brooklyn Nets. That was the first team that ended up being reported. So it's no shocker that he ended up going to Brooklyn. But when a third and fourth team got involved and Victor Oladipo got traded as well, that's what made this trade such a shocker and just such a curveball for, you know, the whole NBA landscape. But now we get to see, I don't think in the near future, but I would say this season... We are going to see a Kyrie, Harden, Durant trio that should be the best offense in the league. It it just should. But now I'm going to be going into detail on what this trade means for each team, and we are going to begin with the Indiana Pacers. So just to quickly explain what the Indiana Pacers gave up, all they gave up was Victor Oladipo, and in return, they received Karis LeVert and a future second-round pick. Now, like I said earlier in this episode, the Victor Oladipo trade part was the most surprising thing of this whole deal. Especially since he really didn't have much trade value to begin this season. He's been improving his trade value for over this 
first part of the season, he's looked really good. He's looked like he's returning to all-star form. He's looked a lot more athletic. He's finally shooting at a decent clip, uh, much more efficient, and always provides a nice amount of defense. But you got to think, Victor Oladipo is on an expiring contract. He is looking to get max money. And the Pacers, to this point, has not been willing to offer a max-level contract for Victor Oladipo. And with the risk that they were going to let him go for nothing, to be able to get Karis LeVert back, and then a future pick, which is pretty much irrelevant, it's a second rounder, but to be able to get Karis LeVert out of Victor Oladipo, I think is a is a huge win, especially concerning, you know, he didn't have much trade value. Now, to begin this season, their stats are nearly identical. They both are averaging about 20 points per game, about five rebounds. Lavert is offering a lot more playmaking ability than, than Oladipo. He's averaged six assists to begin this season. And Karis Levert, for the most part of the season, has came off the bench. I think he has been starting a little more recently due to Spencer Dinwiddie's torn ACL. But if you're asking me, it's Karis Levert is, is like a younger Victor Oladipo. You know, they're both athletic. They both have an injury history, which is a little concerning, but it doesn't seem like they're stopping both of them from being very good players. So Karis LeVert, you get yourself a younger option who still has two more years on his deal. You get yourself another little second-round pick, just another asset. And you don't have to worry about paying max money to a player that you could argue doesn't deserve the max money. So you get something out of an expiring contract. You get a younger player. I think that is a big win for the Pacers. And... I was shocked that the Pacers would do this deal just because they are off to a hot start. But if this is what they want to do, this was this was a excuse me, this was a surprising move, but this was a very good move for the Indiana Pacers. And with that, we move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers side of the trade. The Cleveland Cavaliers gave up their backup point guard, Dante Exum, and a future first-round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks for Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. This was an amazing move for Cleveland. Now, Cleveland, they still have to do some other moves. They have a a logjam for the center position. They have Andre Drummond, who's their current starter right now. They have JaVale McGee backing him up. Then they also have, they still have Kevin Love and Larry Nance. Ante Zizic, but he's probably not going to get any playing time at this point. But they have a logjam. And they traded for Drummond last season. And I thought that they would have made him the future starting center for the long term but 
this trade just signifies that they are going to look to move Drummond in either in the near future or let him go in free agency. He is on an expiring deal, so they could still get some get some value for Drummond if they wish to trade him at the deadline. But they get themselves a and excuse me. The Cleveland Cavaliers get themselves a very good rim protector. Jared Allen is averaging two blocks a game. And he was arguably the Nets' best defender, maybe outside of Durant, who I you you know he's a he's a better on ball defender than Allen, but Jared Allen is very skilled at protecting the paint, which is something that Cleveland it, it doesn't feel like they've had that. I wouldn't consider Tristan Thompson as a as a rim protector, and I certainly wouldn't think that for. Andre Drummond or uh, Larry Nance or Kevin Love. They get themselves a young option that they are going to have to re-sign in the offseason. The Nets didn't reach an extension, and Jared Allen is going to have to get one in this coming offseason, which I would be very surprised if the Cavaliers didn't get him extended at the conclusion of next offseason. They also get themselves Torian Prince, who is a nice... He's a younger guy. He's a younger 3 and D wing, but he's been in the league for five seasons now, which kind of makes him a veteran. And the Cavaliers, this is a team that has gotten off to a, a pretty solid start as well. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton have been doing a very good job at carrying the offensive load. And Drummond has looked... Like Drummond, you know, averaging his, you know, 16 to 20 points a game off of 12 to 20 rebounds a game. That's what it feels like. And then just gives them some okay rim protection. Not as good as Jarrett Allen, but, you know, he'll help provide in that department. But with Torian Prince, you know, a younger veteran option to help with the wing defense. Isaac Okoro, their first-round draft pick in 2020, is a very good defender, and he's been off to a pretty good start as a rookie. But, again, he is a rookie. They they will all make mistakes, whether that is on the defensive end or the offensive end. They will be inconsistent, and Prince has been a very consistent defender over the last four or five years so this is this is a trade that can very well push them to the eighth seed now they're obviously going to get eliminated from the playoffs if they do make it but seriously don't count out the cleveland cavaliers you could start taking them a little bit more seriously with this trade to be able to trade a pick that's probably going to end up in the late 20s or at 30 and a backup point guard who doesn't provide a lot of space in for a future center, your future starting center, and a nice rotational wing defender. That's a huge win for Cleveland. And they've been rebuilding and retooling this team very well since LeBron James left. And they've got to continue making some under-the-radar moves like this 
more often in order for them to really complete this long rebuild. And with that, we move on to the Houston Rockets side of this trade. They traded away a future second-round pick and James Harden. In return, they received Oladipo, Karuks, Dante Exum, four unprotected first-round picks, and then four first-round pick swaps. When this trade went through, I was surprised that they valued Oladipo that much for him to be the main centerpiece of a James Harden trade. You know, I would have thought that they would have taken the Ben Simmons trade with Philadelphia. Since he's a younger option, he would have fit the criteria of what the Houston Rockets would have wanted, like a a blue-chip young star. And I can understand a little bit where Houston would be coming from if they just declined the Ben Simmons trade. I mean, you could make the argument that he throughout the throughout his career, he hasn't improved much. He's always going to be a fantastic on-ball defender. He's always going to dominate the paint and offer very great playmaking skills. But outside of that, I mean, he hasn't transformed his game into the he hasn't added a three-point shot a consistent three-point shot at all. He'll tease us once or twice every season with a three-point attempt. We haven't seen him attempt to get his three-point shot to be utilized in an NBA game. Enough for me to think hey, this guy has improved a lot. And you really can't go wrong with this haul that the Rockets got, but I would have still probably would have done the Ben Simmons deal. You trade. I would have thought, you trade for Ben Simmons, it'll be an awkward fit next to John Wall, but you don't worry about that at the um, immediate short term. You worry about the long term, you trade away John Wall in the off season and then you begin to build around your franchise point guard. But like I said, you can't go wrong with this haul. That is a shit ton of first round picks that they got. And then they end up swapping for more picks. They also get Oladipo, you know, who has looked like an all-star this season. They also get themselves Kuruks, who is a solid stretch four. He doesn't offer offer much else. And then they receive Dante Exum, who is a solid backup point guard. He may not stretch the floor as much as you would like, but he's he's a tall, lengthy point guard. He can defend pretty well, and he offers some pretty okay playmaking ability. And the Rockets haven't had a backup point guard this season. Their projected backup point guard tore his AC, ACL. He, he tore his Achilles in the preseason. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Victor Oladipo uh, gets traded again 
this season because I don't think that for the immediate sense with from a player standpoint, I wouldn't have thought that Victor Oladipo would have been enough for Brooklyn to trade James Harden. Or, excuse me, for Houston to trade James Harden. So I would assume that they would try to re-sign him. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade him too and try to increase his value even more over the next couple of months. You know, we've seen this with Oklahoma City last year where they traded away their star players. They get players that have, um, what would you say, they had less value than you would think. And they pretty much had a showcase. Chris Paul ended up having an amazing season. And that's the same thing with Danilo Gallinari and Steven Adams. And they get to increase his value and then they trade him in the offseason and they get amazing value. They get amazing, uh, an amazing amount of picks. And they just have a insane amount of assets that every team could just only dream of. So maybe that's the case with this, you know, John Wall, he's coming off an Achilles tear and he's he's pretty much getting a showcase. Victor Oladipo, he's been improving his his trade value. But he could flourish even more as a possible number 1 option on this team. And you know, this team is somewhat built like the Thunder team of last year. You know, this is a this is still a playoff caliber roster. You know, you got a starting lineup of Wall, Oladipo, Eric Gordon, um PJ Tucker and Christian Wood, and then off the bench you get yourself Exum, Ben McLemore who could just shoot the lights out. Um you still have Boogie off the bench as well. You could potentially move him to the starting lineup later in the season. Um, who else do they have? I can't remember everybody at the top of my head. Um, that's all I remember at this point. But, hey, the Rockets got a, an amazing haul still. Not what, I, not what I would have preferred, but you can't go wrong with four unprotected first-round picks and then players that still have time to improve their value. And Victor Oladipo, they could definitely trade him or re-sign him. He's looked good to start off this season. So you could only hope that he will provide winning basketball to the Houston Rockets for the immediate sense. We move on to the last team of this deal, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. They ended up getting James Harden. They ended up trading Karis LeVert. Jared Allen, Torian Prince, Kurooks, three unprotected first-round picks, and then four pick swaps. For Brooklyn, this is a... It's an extremely, extremely... risky trade. 
They gave up a lot of depth. They pretty much mortgaged their future in order to land immediate help in order to win a championship with James Harden. I really thought that they were going to stand pat, but in, now that Kyrie Irving has his whole situation going on, it made it made some sense. This is a major question mark, though, for how Brooklyn is going to, how all these egos and personalities are going to mesh. I'm not worried about the chemistry between James Harden and Kevin Durant because Durant has played with him before. Now, I get that it's been years and Harden didn't mesh well with his former teammate in OKC, Russell Westbrook, when they were in Houston last year. But you gotta think, Kevin Durant has worked extremely well with Westbrook. He worked well with Harden when he was there. He also won championships with Steph Curry, Clay, Draymond. So I'm not really worried about their chemistry. I'm worried about how Kyrie Irving is going to integrate himself. Because if you remember, when Kyrie was with Cleveland, he wanted to leave Cleveland because he didn't want to be the Robin to uh, LeBron, who you can say is Batman at that point. He wanted to be the main focal point. He ends up teaming up with Kevin Durant this season, and he's not, you know, the Batman per se. Now he's pretty much the, uh, he's pretty much Alfred, <laughs> you know, the butler, um, to Batman and Robin, James Harden, Kevin Durant. You know, I'm worried about how Kyrie will, um, create his chemistry with both of those guys. All three of those guys are extremely ball dominant. I know that Durant can play off ball. He's done it before. He did it for four years. Harden is not really used to be, he's not used to playing off ball. So he has to learn how to do that and split up the shots. And I'm hoping that Kyrie understands that as well. You know, he has a big ego, just like James Harden. So I'm worried about that big three. And just to continue with Kyrie for a moment, he really hasn't accepted his head coach for being the head coach, Steve Nash. You know, he hasn't... Uh, adapted very well to his system and straight up he it's it sounds like he doesn't like Steve Nash as the head coach and with Harden who also has a very big ego and is known for being a distraction a diva whatever you want to call him a cancer you know it wouldn't be surprising if Harden if reports come out that Harden 
is feeling some type of way about Steve Nash, kind of like in the way how Kyrie does. So you gotta, if you're Steve Nash at that point, you just kind of have to embrace James Harden and his ego and his attitude and what he brings to the locker room. And at the current moment, you kind of got to forget about Kyrie Irving. He's not with the team. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't want to play. So you wait until he comes back, and in the meantime, you embrace the duo of Harden and Kevin Durant. Now, this could very well turn into um, the situation. It could. It brings me memories of when Brooklyn traded for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce of the Boston Celtics nearly a decade ago. And that trade didn't work out at all for them. And they ended up being a, a complete dumpster fire for the next five seasons. And this situation could very well happen again. If they don't mesh well, you know, that the disaster scenario is that they don't mesh well and then they their egos get in the way of, you know, their chemistry and the whole team chemistry and they all decide that they want to leave. You know, they at that point they don't have any control over their future. So that kinda worries me in that sense that we could very well see another five or ten years of just trash kickball. And this is, it's a lot of assets. I liked Levert. I liked Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And especially since Dinwiddie, their starting shooting guard, is out for the season. It's a risky trade. But if this is what they wanted to do, they wanted to add a third star next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You know, you have to do the moves that will support your star players very well. This is what they think that James Harden would bring. If they think that they're going to mesh well, then you do it 10 times out of 10. But you got to... You got to re-sign them in the next couple of years and try to keep that going because you don't give up all those first-round picks just for two seasons of that trio. So let's, uh, let's just hope that Brooklyn is able to figure this, this situation out with them three, figure the situation out with Kyrie, and you just hope that they mesh well because this is a this is going to be an extremely fun trio to watch this season and hopefully for the foreseeable future. And now we're finished with all four teams and just just breaking down the trade for each team and now I'm just going to give them immediate trade grades, just what they look like on paper and potential outlooks. Uh we'll start off with the Pacers. I'm going to give them an A. You know, I understand that they had to, they probably had to re-sign Oladipo to a max contract. And he started off the season very well, which definitely increased his trade value. They end up getting a guy that fits 
right into the Pacers starting lineup. I think that Levert is, is going to explode onto the scene now. He is younger than Oladipo. He's on a longer contract. Uh, he offers a lot more upside on the defensive end um, when it comes to three-point shooting. You know, this is just a very out-of-the-blue curveball trade for the Pacers. You know, it's it's a curveball that they got involved. But, hey, I, uh, I like this deal for the short term and the long term and you just hope that Karis LeVert just thrives with the with the Pacers. For the Cavaliers they get an A as well. They get themselves their their future starting center. They also get themselves a nice, nice three and D wing to back up a for the for the next couple of seasons. They still have to worry about um their Big man situation. Now that they bring in Jared Allen, you would have to think one of Drummond, Larry Nance, Kevin Love, um, JaVale McGee. You would think that one of those guys is going to be either traded or is just going to get let go at the conclusion of this season or at the deadline, maybe at the buyout uh, deadline. But the Cavaliers, all they had to give up was a backup and then a pick that is not going to be good for their future starting center and a nice role player. That's You can't ever go wrong with that. Um, with a guy like Torian Prince, and they get Jarrett Allen out of it too, it's a no-brainer for Cleveland. It's an A. For the Houston Rockets, I give them an A-. minus. I would have taken the Ben Simmons trade over over this, get themselves a a future pick and a future franchise player. But when you're offered four unprotected first round picks and then and then you get four first round pick swaps as well. I mean you can't and you can't go wrong with that. You know, I wouldn't blame them for accepting this deal. They end up getting another another young guy. That's Karuks, who's... I don't know if he has much upside, but the immediate uh, stretch three-point shooting is going to benefit the Rockets pretty nicely. They can still very well compete for the playoffs with Oladipo and Exum. This is... It looks like a playoff team. And yes, they could have gotten a lot more for for James Harden, but this package of uh, a lot of first-round picks and a lot of first-round pick swaps and some nice immediate help as well, it's it's still a good trade. I like it for Houston. They get an A-. And then lastly, for the Brooklyn Nets, I'm going to give them a B. It's a, it's an extremely risky trade, and given the personalities that are on this team, you just kind of hope that Harden is going to stop with all of his stop with all of his BS now that he is out of Houston, and now he can just focus on basketball. 
they still got to split up the shots between the three superstars. And the fact that they went all in on a season where it's kind of like a this season is like an asterisk. The fact that they went in on a, on a season like this, that's, you know, it's an extremely unprecedented season. I don't know if that was the correct move. I definitely feel that they still, that, you know, you may as well have just traded for Oladipo, you know, just him. You know, he's not going to be a problem. And he's going to be new immediate help. But you get yourself a superstar that is, whenever they're allowed to bring fans back, is going to be, they're going to be a box office team. And they already are with Katie and Kyrie. Now you add Harden, they may as well be on every nationally televised game for the rest of the season. I'm worried about the potential outlook and a potential disaster that's brewing in Brooklyn. But this is what they wanted to do to ensure that they get themselves a championship. And if that if they do win a championship, this trade grade goes up to an A. But for right now, it's going to be a B. And with that, that will be the end of today's episode. And I thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the AZ Sports Podcast. Consider following the official az sports podcast on instagram which is at the az sports podcast and i will see you guys this saturday later guys